One Percenters, welcome back to another episode of the One Percent Podcast. Thank you for being on here with us. You could be anywhere else, but you're here with us. So we are going to pour into you on this One Percent Podcast. And trust me, this guest today, it is powerful. One of the most in-depth, real, vulnerable, genuine, powerful episodes I have ever had and something that is so needed for everybody, every walk of life. Hope you all had a great 4th of July weekend, being able to spend it with the people that you love. Tell those people that you love them. And for our country, country the United States of America, and the pride that we all have living in this country and, and everybody throughout the world in the country, your own country that you live in. And today on the 1% Podcast, like I said, we have an absolute treat for you. His name is Babe Kwasniak. I actually got to know him 15 years ago when I was playing college basketball. He was an assistant coach for the University of Missouri, Kansas City when I was there. Now, Babe is much, much more than a college basketball coach. He's a team-building expert, civilian aide to the U.S. Secretary of the Army. He's a three-time state champ basketball coach, Division I college basketball MVP, West Point graduate, and basketball captain leader. He is a speaker. He is just an absolute passionate passionate real human being and he's going to go in depth on ptsd when he was in serving in the army he's going to go on what it means to pivot your life from one thing to the next from the army to basketball to coaching to a business that he sold for millions of dollars and was very very successful into coaching high school getting fired from that and now on to his next stage of life and how he just thrives through any situation that could be a woe is me, door is closing, but he knows there's so many more doors opening and it wasn't always easy. He will go in depth, in depth on how he almost committed suicide, on how he struggles with anxiety. Through all his successes, he struggles with this anxiety and how he overcame it and how we all can overcome these type of anxieties in our lives. And if anybody is having these type of feelings, this is such a, such a powerful episode and I'm very honored and very blessed to call Babe a close friend, call him a mentor, and he is just an absolute light in so many ways for this world. You're going to really, really enjoy this podcast and how real and how genuine and how vulnerable he is. So one percenters, buckle up. He's here. Go. Super excited to share with you guys that my first book, Pivot and Go, is on Pre-sale now, Amazon, davidnurse.com, Pivot and Go. It's about making mindset pivots, small, slight changes in your perspective, little shifts that can change your entire perspective on life. It's based on 29 days, 28 to make a habit, 29 to make a lifestyle. There are 29 chapters, 29 mindset pivots that will absolutely have you coming out of there with extreme joy for the life you live, passion for the mission you're on, and confidence in who you are. So it would be awesome. If you could support the book, check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be sending out a free autographed copy in the next month as well. It's on Amazon pre-sale. It's on davidnurse.com. Pivot and go. Babe Kwasniak, welcome to the 1% Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, David. Me and you go way, way back, huh? My goodness. If you had ever, uh, if you had ever said that me and you would be together on, on, on the 1%er podcast there, we would have told you that, that that'd be some prediction. Man, uh, do we go back? Has it been almost, what, 15 years? Close. 
Uh, I got out of the Army in 2004 when I was coaching, hanging around you. So I was waiting. Yeah, I got out as a captain. And uh, I tell you what, I get a chance to do a lot of these podcasts, but I've never been on one of these podcasts and been able to look somebody in the eye and tell them how, how proud I am of, of them. And so I'm proud of you, man. I'm so oh, proud. Oh, God, man. I get a chance to listen to these all the time. First off, I can't believe how well you speak. You were never that eloquent back in your younger <laughs> days. But, you know, this has been awesome, and, and I am. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. That's one heck of a way to start off this podcast. So I, I paid him to do that, to say that before we got going. Now we can get rolling with it. Quaz, it's absolutely an honor to have you on here. And as people will hear and will know, you are an, an American legend. And no better time than this July 4th time, the time this country is going through, to have you on here. And I'm just super excited to dive into this. So let's do it. Quaz, tell us, tell us something that maybe nobody knows about you. Start us off with an absolute bang. And you're going to have a lot of bangs through this, but yeah. start us off with something powerful. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll get to the, we'll get to the big bang, but yeah. Um, I mean, I went to, I went to the United States military Academy at West point. And the only reason I went there was to play division one basketball. It's really my, my only option in terms of playing division one basketball. If you made me list one through a hundred, David, like, uh, you know, number one being most important number hundred being least important. Playing basketball at West Point was number 100. You know, I, I everything good in my life stemmed from my decision to go to the United States Military Academy. I met my wife there, and I now have three beautiful boys. Got a chance to serve my country. Got a chance to, uh, you know, learn learn how learn how to love my country. Um, you know, and and now I was just recently named uh, or appointed as a civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army in Ohio. That, that happened on August 12th. At the age of 43, I was the youngest civilian aide ever appointed. They've had the program since 19. 19- 19 in the United States. So I'm, I'm again on the greatest team in the world, and that's all because I decided to go to West Point for playing for throwing a stupid ball through an iron hoop with a nylon net. I mean, life's amazing. Yeah, I hear you. I did the same thing going to college, but I think yours turned out a little bit better than mine did there uh, with your education and the things that you have done when you were 23. When I was 23, I don't know if I made one one dollar, and you were changing you were changing the world as an American hero. So let, let's talk about that. So you go to you go to Army, and then what happens after that? What happens yeah, well, after so your basketball playing yeah, career? Anyone that goes to the military academy has a five-year mandatory yep. service, David. So, yep. um, so I, I did that. Uh, it was incredible. I actually used to work. I used to work Duke camp uh, because of the connection with Coach K and West Point. And uh, to make a super long story short, Coach K was influential in me having the ability to coach the armed forces team. So I think I think Coach Popovich at one point did that as well, Coach Armed Forces yeah. team. So I had a chance to do that on and off. Uh, saw the world. I think I was in thirty-something countries in, in five years. Just an incredible experience. Uh, once I got out, um, I got out in two thousand four, which is right around the time when I, when I probably met you. Uh, you know, at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. My wife went to med school in Kansas. So at the time, I needed a job. Uh, you know, college coaching was kind of my dream, but it wasn't really paying the bills. And I ended up finding a, a job at the company called Ameripath, which was uh, in cancer diagnostics and molecular testing. So I worked there for four years. Uh, and then my wife went to med school in Kansas. We moved back here to Ohio, which is where I grew up. I grew up at a school called uh, Bill Angelo St. Joseph High School. My dad was the high school coach for, uh, I don't know, it seems like 100 years. And he's kind of a legend, Hall of Famer here in Ohio. And I, I moved back here as a sales director while my wife did her residency. And then I, uh, just happened that the, the high school job came open. So I 
I, while I was working in sales, I did that until 2012. Then kind of, then kind of left that because my wife was doing okay, and I had a, I had a pretty lucrative eight years in business. And I and I coached uh, high school basketball for 10 years at my alma mater. We were uber successful, won three state championships, uh, won about 90% of our state games. Uh, sent up, you know, had a McDonald's All American. I think we were ranked as high as sixth in the country. Uh, and um, I, that that actually came to a termination termination that this uh this February 2020 has been a rough year. No, no, no different for me. And uh, like I told you, I was, uh, I was named as the civilian aide to the secretary of the army in August. So now I'm doing that. I, I just took a gig with diligent plans, a group of a, a lot of military folks that go around the country you know, doing keynotes and, 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 and uh, working on doing leadership workshops. So super, uber excited to be with those guys and ready for the next chapter of my life here. Quaz. <coughs> That's amazing. And your life is has basically been one pivot to the next. You're doing one thing and then your life completely changes. And it's not a, hey, I'm looking at this as like most people will look at it as something that they've been working on their whole life for. Like for you, we're playing basketball. Then it's, you're in the military. Then you're in business. Then you're in coaching. Looking at it as a door closing, like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be tough. This is going to be I, I don't know if I can get through this. But you've been able to successfully pivot into someone that that I've been able to know for 15 years. You always brought that consistent joy, that consistent energy of no matter what we were doing, you were completely locked in at that moment. I remember some some practices or some three on three full court games that we play. And you just you just acted like that was the most important thing. That was the most fun that you could be having at that moment. Is there. Is there anything that stands out to you during these times of these pivots in your life? And, and obviously you're having to take a risk. You're having to close off one door and then to see what is, what else is coming. Is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, okay, this is, this is what I'm able to hold on to. This is how I know I can overcome these obstacles and I cannot just survive from this next change, but I can absolutely thrive. And like you're saying too, you go into even more into the speaking world. Like you're at, you're absolutely going to crush it. I just know it because that's who you are. Thank you, David. I, I think back. I, I just told you about working Duke camp, and I remember the first year I was at Duke camp. I, I become pretty good friends with Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette and, and Chris Collins at Northwestern. And I remember my first year. I, I think I was a lieutenant in the army, and they're like, "All right, you're going to the outside." I and mean, I don't think Cameron had heat at that point. But they're like, "You're going to the outside to work to work." Uh, to work camp. So they had me on the outdoor courts at, at, at Cameron, you know, it's 105 degrees, it's absolutely miserable. And I, I think I kind of had this reputation for having more energy than anybody, right? I, like you talked about, I just, uh, I just had a lot of passion for, for what I, for what I did. I still do. And I'll never forget after like that first week at camp, you know, coach K kind of stuck his finger in my chest and he said, listen, a lot of people are going to be turned off by your energy because they're going to think that's fake. They're going to think it's not genuine. And never forget that that's your superpower, right? You can always control how hard you go at something. And, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people that they might not care for it, David, and they may think it's fake, but I've always tried to remember that. And whatever I do, I've always tried to go, you know, as hard as I can. I love when these kids say 110%, you know, give me 100% of an apple. You can only give you, you can only give all, you can only give 100%. And I've always tried to do that in whatever I've done. And now here's that, I am in this next chapter and I'm going to do that as well. That's an unbelievable mindset. I call it relentlessly consistent, and you are the true definition of being relentlessly consistent. And 
And one thing else that you are very prominent in and have developed, obviously, is an unbelievably unshakable mindset. I mean, just of what you've gone through on in being in the Army and being at West Point, and I know you've got some stories. If you're able to share a couple tidbits of stories of actually being in combat and being in behind the scenes and, and everything that goes into that, but you've been able to develop this unshakable mindset. And what, what have been the tools, the tactics that, that you have been able to, to use that, that you keep your mind like, okay, no matter what happens to me, like this, I, I can overcome this. Yeah, I, I believe you can definitely teach mental toughness. I have three sons, and that's something that I tell them all the time. I said, you're, you're not going to meet anyone as mentally tough as you guys, and you never will. And, and I think that came from, you know, playing a sport where, you know, I was a 5'11 white guy and, and always yeah. had to kind of outwork everybody. I, I went to West Point, and I was never very bright. My wife was, you know, top of the class where, you know, where General MacArthur graduated. I was more near where General Patton graduated at the, at the bottom of the class. Um, so, I, you know, you use the term American hero. That's for someone like that's I'm, I'm no hero. I, I know a bunch of them, David. Uh, I think I, I think we'll get into that when we start talking about you know, the mental health aspect of it. But, um, you know, I'm just I think the big piece of it is we're in the age of entitlement. And as a, as a guy who coached high school basketball for the last 10 years, if you're grateful for what you do have, it's hard to be entitled for what you don't have. And people ask me all the time, you know, what's my proudest accomplishment as a coach? And they think I'm going to say my team went to five straight state championships, which not even LeBron school did. But my biggest accomplishment is the fact that I've had seven guys that play for me decide to serve the armed forces. And wow. to me, you know, if you can look and say, uh, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And those kids obviously understood that. And I think, you know, there are so many folks out there, and you're going to laugh, but I think of a young David Nurse. Uh, that I was coaching. There are so many folks that would be so much better at the armed forces that they don't know. Like, uh, like now, as I look back, uh, you have something in you that you didn't even know you had. And I know you, you're going to shake your head and say, coach, I, I could have never done that. And yes, you could have. Uh, as a matter of fact, what you're doing now, you talk about with discipline and everything you're doing now in leadership is, is what that essentially is. And at that moment in my life, I didn't understand that. So as a leader, it takes somebody to see something in me that I didn't see in myself. And part of that is you gotta, you have to be coachable. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell people the truth, which develops trust and then have this mindset of like, you know what? Yeah, I, I can do this. And the only way uh, that I can fail at anything is if I quit and then if I give up. And, you know, again, when we start talking about mental health, I'll start getting a little bit more into that. <laughs> Quaz, that's beautiful. There's like six just mindset quotes and points that you hit on right there that I just uh, I absolutely love and I live by. And, and the, the way you term leadership of seeing something in others that you can see in yourself and wanting to do it and doing it for a much bigger purpose than yourself. Like leaders at the core, they don't want to lead for the whole life. They want to be able to tool people, give people these actionable steps to be able to lead themselves and to lead others. And that's what, that's what you're living and breathing and doing. And and let's just dive, let's dive into the mental health. Let's dive into the mental health in professional sports, but also in overall life as, and as comfortable as you feel with it, share about your struggles with, with mental health. Yeah. So, so in 2015, we just won our second state championship. Um, and I was pretty, very successful in terms of high school basketball coach. I lost about 40 pounds, David. I don't, I don't know if I've, I've ever even shared this with you. So I lost 40 pounds and, 
my wife was at the top of her class in med school and they didn't know what was wrong with me. I had every test in the world done. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, I mean, it caused a lot of friction in my marriage because my wife was super smart. She's like, this is in your head. I'm like, no, it's in my, it's in my body. I feel like I'm going to have, I mean, I literally feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, I, I was just in so much physical and mental pain. And, you know, as an, as an infantry officer, I was, you know, taught to not show weakness. I was taught to be mentally tough. And I always thought, man, you know, anyone that would even consider suicide is, is uh, gutless and they're a coward. And, you know, how can they do that to their family? And I got so sick to the point where um, I actually got mad at work. Um, there's a big difference between passion and emotion. You know, passion can heat your house. It can cook your food. Emotion can burn your house down. I got to a point in my life where the emotion took over and it burned my house down. And I got fed up with the administration and said, I, I'm, I'm, I quit. Um, they, they put me on a leave of absence. And I went and, uh, you know, I just had a, I was at a rough time in my life, a very dark time. I, um, I don't want to get too much in the particulars because that's not real important. But, you know, I, I was, I'm a control freak, being, naturally being a West Pointer. I've never had so much alcohol where I blacked out I and mean, I had concussions, but I've never you know, done any of that. I, uh, I took some pills and tried to drive off a cliff. Don't remember, recall any of it. Um, just know that I ended up, I know my wife and I were in a fight, came, and I somehow was in the bed the next morning. Uh, I, you know, I, I, know you, I know you're a believer. I have a sister who died of cancer. In 2006, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how I ended up um, in my in, in my bedroom. Fast forward the next week, uh, I still had kind of this plan in my head, David, that, uh, you know, I'm going to take my own life. And, um, you know, when you're that sick, you actually believe your wife and your kids are better off without you. You got to be pretty sick to, to think that way. I was actually going up to Northwestern to watch one of my kids, Derek Parton, play. It was a, it was a freshman year. Uh, they were playing Ohio State, which we were from Ohio, so it was kind of a big deal. And I, I had befriended Coach Doug Collins, uh, you know, Chris Collins' father, the legendary, you know, the legendary Coach Collins. And he was up in Chicago because uh, he was up in Chicago because, he, you know, he's up there. He's living up there. And so I met him at Steph Curry camp in 2014, and we just naturally hit it off. His, his daughter played against my wife. She was at Lehigh. My wife was at West Point. And we, just, we just hit it off. Same value system. We haven't had any arguments at the steakhouse at night talking about the military and yelled at each other and just, just a great, great mentor. Um, so um, I'll never forget this because I think it's important. I talked about seeing something in yourself that somebody else doesn't see. Uh, Coach Collins was able to look at me, David, and he knew, he knew I wasn't right. He, he, um, he knew I was, he knew I was sick. And he didn't ask me, how are you doing? He said, he calls me captain because of the army. He says, Captain Quas, you're, you're messed up. You know, use some different words. Probably somebody used when he coaching Michael Jordan, but he said you're 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 messed up and you're not right, and uh, you know you have to get you have to get help. And I, uh, you know, fast forward when this when the last dance came out, coach, I don't think he watched it because it's uh, you know he didn't know how political it was going to be with all you know how great Phil Jackson was, which I think is silly because who, who wouldn't have won all those championships coaching Jordan? But uh, you know, I text Coach Collins and I was in tears doing it, and I said, you know what? Um, I don't know how you feel, Coach, but, you know, you were the number one draft pick in 1973, and you have your name on, on the floor at Illinois State, and, and uh, you know, you put, made the biggest two free throws in the history of, of USA basketball, and you coached Michael Jordan, but the number one thing you ever did for me was you saved my life. 
because if you didn't, you know, if you didn't recognize that I was that sick and I didn't go get help, I, I wouldn't be here. And uh, like coach, like Pop always, they said, I love you and Kathy, your family. And, uh, you know, if you're grateful for something, you should never delay gratitude because you know that that uh, is 100 percent accurate. And that's that's actually how it happened. Fast forward a, a couple couple years later, I'm, I'm, I'm a speaker, you know, just talking to a lot of a lot of sports teams, David, talking about leadership. And I was talking to this uh, Division two two team, this or the entire athletic program. And I befriended this the team captain for the volleyball team, just an electric personality, magnetic personality. And she said, she said, Captain Quaz, we really like what you've done with our team. And there was actually one girl that was struggling with her with, with her mental health. And uh, she said, you know, we'd like you to work with her. This is as, as amped up as she's been in, in, in weeks. Can you come back? I said, yeah, I would love to come back. At the time, you know, I was pretty busy with coaching and everything. A couple weeks, couple, sorry, a couple months later, I get an email from this gal that this girl took her life. And uh, you talk about pivot, David. I, I went home that night. I remember where I was. I went home that night. I had tears in my eyes. And I told my wife, I said, I will never not tell my story again. And she said, you can't save them all. I'm like, I don't need to save them all. I'm going to save one. And then as soon as I save one, I'm going to save another one. And then as soon as I save another one, I'm going to go get another one. And that makes it worth it. This past November, for the first time in 20 years, I got in front of soldiers. I was I was given a keynote. I was nervous. I've heard your podcast talking about when you speak, you know, how nervous you get. I know that means you're competitive, but I've talked in front of a bunch of businesses and I talked in front of a bunch of uh, in front of a bunch of uh, you know teams. But this was different. I was talking to soldiers who you know you can sit there and say I'm an American hero. They know I'm not an American hero. They know what I've done. They, they uh, these guys you know they're still in uniform and I'm here in civilian clothes. So I gave my keynote, you know, and I and I told them. And I said, I know there's guys out there that you were as sick as I was. And they, you know, in the Q&A, they asked me, what saved your life? Was it counseling? Was it? I said, yes, all that stuff saved my life. But my wife telling me she loved me every day, but I probably didn't deserve her love, probably changed my life. I should say probably it did change my life. Because at that point, my goodness, I put her through so much pain. And that's, I think, what a lot of people don't understand, David, about mental illness is your family has the rougher part because they're watching someone who is sick. It's like watching someone with cancer or watching someone with, you know, with alcoholism. You're watching somebody who's sick, but at that point has no, no control over their sickness. They need professional help. And most importantly, when it comes to soldiers and, and PTSD, we have 25 soldiers killing themselves a day. 25. And the Secretary of the Army, is, is, I'm one of the guys he's tasked with to, to, to maybe not eradicate this, but alleviate it. And what people don't understand about post-traumatic stress syndrome is the number one component is not watching someone be killed or killing someone yourself. You know what the number one component is? It's guilt. It's guilt that you let your, your buddy down. It's guilt that you let, in my yeah. case, I was letting my family down. Uh, I mean, here I was, a West Point graduate, managed a $37 million book of business. I was an uber successful high school basketball coach, and I'm trying to commit suicide. Because I thought that the people that love me best would be would be better off without me. So anyway, just to, to pivot and close that story, it was the, one of the most powerful moments of my life. Because afterwards, uh, uh, and I say a, a black guy came up to me, and I say I mentioned that he's black because he had a Vietnam hat on. So if you think about what this guy went through in the Vietnam War, which by the way were 10-0 and one in World Wars, uh, the Vietnam I'll give you as a tie, and he had a first first cap hat on, which is Basically, when we were aerosol, aerosoling out of 
out of helicopters. So he comes up to me, nursing, and he goes to give me this purple heart coin. And, and I tell him, I said, sir, I cannot accept that. I said, no, 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 I can't accept that. I know what that's about. That's for veterans that get wounded in war. I, I said, no, I, I absolutely cannot take that. Because that was part of what I was going through was the guilt that came along with, with not doing what my buddies were doing. And it was real loud in there because there were about 500 soldiers in there. And he said, uh, he said, sir, may I hug you? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Get in for the real thing. And as he was hugging me, and I'll, I'll try to get emotional telling the story, but it means this much to me. Is uh, He told me that, um, that he had a son who was 28 years old who, who served in Iraq. And he had three daughters because he heard me talking about my three sons. And he said, uh, he said, sir, my son got home from Iraq uh, and he took his life. He committed suicide. And he said, uh, I prayed to God, you know, just to tell me, I know I can't bring my son back, but just tell me why it is that my son did this. And he said, I knew you as a high school basketball coach. You're a pretty prominent name. That's the only reason I came here tonight. He's like, I don't, I don't even know if I was invited. I don't even know if I was supposed to be here. But God brought me here because now I have peace. At least I know what was going through my son's head. And that was at that moment, David, where I, where I pivoted and said, yeah, this is what I was meant to do. Like, this is, uh, this is what I want to do with my life. Uh, I mean, obviously, that I'm never going to take that guy's pain away. But I can just tell for a couple minutes there as we sat there, you know, sobbing on the middle of the dance floor. But that's what I was meant to do. Quaz. That might have been one of the that might have that was the best segment I have ever had on this podcast. As real, as vulnerable, as powerful, as actionable, as purposeful as I have ever heard. I'm gonna try to unpack some of this stuff that you just talked about, but I am not going to do it justice for what it deserves. But I want to start first with where you talk about, I mean, how our story that we all have is so powerful. We all have a different story. Your story is extremely powerful. You've went through so much. Like I had no idea of all of that. And to be here, to still be here is an absolute act of God for a reason of a, a bigger purpose than we even know. And you're having that purpose by sharing it with others. But but what, what people don't realize is we all have our stories that we're able to share with others, whether they're really big or whether they're really small. But like you said, if it can change one person's life, that's so worth it because they can change somebody else's. And that momentum builds momentum and compounding effect is the most powerful thing there is. So for you to make that decision and not live in the woe is me and to be able to shed that guilt because guilt for anybody is so real. And I can't, I, I can't fathom a guilt more powerful than PTSD and feeling like you let somebody down who, who either took their life or had their life taken. And, and to be able to shed that guilt, to be vulnerable through it, and to know that no matter what you're going through out there and everybody listening is this is someone who's been through it at the highest, highest level on success. And then also on the, the down in the depths and the, in the gutters and to be able to use that story to change others' lives. Like I'm just, I'm absolutely juiced up. Just, just listening to that. Man. I'm going to listen to that one. And you know, back you know, the back. yeah, you don't have to be, I mean, you don't have to, uh, so I got to tell you about one of my favorite companies all time, Four Sigmatic, one of the most nutrient dense, most studied food companies on the planet. And there are so many benefits, not just the health benefits, the amazing taste, but it can help you jumpstart your day with the coffee in the morning, with the lion's mane in the mushrooms to really just get you invigorated the energy that you need. They have 
the protein, the defend protein with powerful adaptogens to keep you at your peak and to help you recover for your next workout. And it tastes great. I put mine in my smoothie every single morning and I have some at the evening as well. They have chill, the cacao, the reishi to help you unwind and prepare for that restful night's sleep. I personally know the founder of Four Sigmatic and he's the only person on this planet that gets better sleep than I do. So whatever he's doing with these mushrooms, he's doing something right. And not only is the benefits for your health just astronomical, the taste is unbelievable. It really is. Check them out. They're all over the world. They have been going and growing. And I'm just saying right now, you are going to love it. I love the Four Sigmatic Cacao Mix in the evenings. It's like hot chocolate, oh, coffee in the morning, protein in the smoothies. So much goodness. Thank you, Four Sigmatic. I mean, everyone, like you said, everyone has a story. And I've actually helped yeah. some kids um, that I fully believe if I didn't try to kill myself, I wouldn't be able to help yeah. them. I mean, I remember talking to one young man and it's like, uh, you know, why do you want to kill yourself? He goes, coach, my life sucks. Well, why does your life suck? He's like, well, my Snapchats aren't as good as my friends. And I'm like, hey, man, look at my you know, uh, Facebook or my MySpace or whatever it was at that point. I go, no one gets on there and says, I'm getting divorced. I lost my job. Um, you know, I want to kill myself. Um, you know, I, hey, I just got fired a couple months ago as a high school basketball coach, because, you know, and it's probably because of a difference in leadership philosophies. You pivot and go, David. I mean, what you're doing yep. is is awesome, man. Like um, the, the only way to really fail in this life is to is to quit. And and I tried to quit, and that was the absolute wrong way to to, to you know to take to take something on. You can either decide, okay, I'm going to fight back, or I'm going to quit. And you know, we've just we've become soft in our thinking of that somebody else is in charge of our success. No, you are, you know, like, uh, I mean, like I told you, I mean, I'm proud as heck of you, but you know what, at the end of the day, uh, the folks that mentioned you aren't why you're where you are. You know, David Nurse is why he is what he is. At at some point, um, those relationships mold you and then you're writing your own story and you decide how that, how that's going to end. And, uh, you know, by God's grace, and that's what it is. Like when I talk about being married to my wife, and I know you're in this very similar situation, it's like I, I don't deserve my wife, but that's God's grace to me. So now my gift back is okay. What am I going to do with it, right? And, and how am I going to use it? And um, man, I, I'm just—I uh, mean, I'm so blessed to be back on the United States Army. Where I mean, you, you knew me right when I got out, brother, and I was. Man, I mean, I'm crazy now. I was off the charts then. I, I mean, my goodness, I probably even embarrassed some of the stories. I think you were one of the first people to ever hold my middle son, actually. As a matter of fact, I still remember that uh, when we had all you guys over to the house. But um, it's just, I think life's about being a part of something bigger than yourself. And now I'm, I'm on the best team in the world. And I feel like, you know, I have a lot to offer those folks because uh, I've been there. It doesn't mean I'm better. It doesn't mean I'm worse. Uh, but that, but I know there's some other folks going through the same thing I'm going through. And, and you know, you don't have, you didn't have to serve in the armed forces because we we have folks killing themselves at a higher rate than ever. And I'm so happy to see Kevin Love and some other guys come out and, and talk about it because you know, true anxiety, true that stuff. It's not something doesn't trigger it. It's not like something goes wrong. Uh, like when it was explained to me, David, when I when I when when I when I finally had that come to Jesus with Coach Collins and I finally agreed with my wife to go sit down and counsel. I'll never forget the doctor talking to me. He said, okay, he said, when do you have these chest pains? He said, you have them when you're working out. I said, never. I mean, and you knew me when I was in pretty good shape, right? Uh, you know, do you get them when you're speaking? No. 
you just coached on ESPN. Did you have no? Uh, you know, you 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 ran a thirty-seven million dollar book of business. You, have, you went to West Point, served in the army. You have no. He said, "I bet you're having them when you're laying in bed." I'm like, "Yes, I'm, I'm laying in bed, doc. I feel like I'm going to die. Like I feel like I'm literally having a heart attack." You know, and after about fifteen trips to the ER, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of stories that you probably don't want to hear about. It, it was it just got to a point where like, okay, if I was going to have a heart attack, I, I would have died of heart. Attack. So I d- identify the problem. The next step is understanding that, uh, you know, when you talk about overcoming obstacles, a lot of that's not an obstacle you can overcome, right? And the best way it was explained to me is like, I'm not a surfer, but you know, if the, if the wave's coming, the wave's not going to stop coming. You just got to learn how to ride it, brother. And I and I've learned how to ride the wave. Um, you know, I've learned, and it's been. I needed professional help. I needed to talk to somebody. I still do. I needed uh, medication. I still do. Um, and I need most importantly the love of my savior, Jesus Christ and the love of my family, because that's the only reason I'm here talking to you, man. I love that. And it's, you know why you are so successful at each level that you are, are at, but not as just saying success. Cause success is a, a, a term. I don't even like to, to say, cause it's, it can mean so many different things, but you're very, relatable in you because you're very open and honest. Everybody to some extent deals with anxiety. Shoot. I deal with anxiety with all this joy and positivity that I'm pumping out there. I've got anxiety, anxiety if this book actually sells or whatever, we all have this type of anxiety that's eating at us. And it's, it's being able to not just push it down and and suppress it because that's when it builds up as you know, and, and just explodes out, but being able to share this problem. Having these people in our lives, these people around us, like for me and you, we're blessed with unbelievable wives, like just way better than we are. We both know that. And they support us through everything. We know we have God is in control of everything and we can look to that and just being able to build that support group around us because it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing. Anxiety and, is a real thing. You said it best. You to be vulnerable. You know, you know, like at that moment in my life when I became vulnerable because yeah, I tried to do it and it was hard to tell people. Uh, I mean, I remember even when I first told Coach Collins that he saved my life. I mean, he, he, he was, I don't want to say he was in shock because he saw it in me, uh, but that's a big piece of it. You know, is it's, you know, it's easy. We're all sinners. It's easy to say that we messed up. Uh, you know, it's hard to, to, to pour your heart out. And it's also the understanding that everybody's not going to you know, buy your story. Like there, there are, I mean, I've had family members tell me they don't love me. I've had, you know, folks make a fake Twitter page of me and try to like, you know, try to sharpshoot all the stuff I've done and try and try to say I'm fake and I'm not genuine. So you got to you know, risk that as well, right? Because heck, not not everybody's going to buy kind of what you're selling. And I think maybe my younger days, I know when I was like, when I knew you, I was in sales. So I think it was very important for people to like, you know, as I kind of got older and kind of got wiser, now I kind of decide, you know, okay, like this is the person I want to attach my wagon to and understand you're just not going to please everybody. And I think a lot of my anxiety, David, quite honestly, came from just trying to please everybody else, right? And the, the people that were most important to me, my wife, my family, uh, I think my anxiety came because I thought I was letting them down. And nothing could have been further from the truth. Quas, man, we got to get you speaking to every college, company, anybody. Like, I, I love speaking and I want to go speak, but I'd rather have you speak. That is what you just said right there is just... Mm-hmm. It's spot on, man. And I sum it up in a quote. It's just victory goes to the vulnerable and being vulnerable and being real of who you are and knowing that, 
man, there's going to be so many people telling you that you can't do something or that's that's not good enough. And like the people online, like that, that's one of the worst things about online too, because there's always the people that are behind the scenes that you can't see their face. They're gonna throw negativity at you, and the most, and we're just naturally inclined to want to see that negativity. Oh, why doesn't he like me? I got to try to please him. No, you don't. It doesn't matter. They're thinking about you for two maybe three seconds of the day, and then they're on to the next thing. It let me, let me talk about that, Jersey, because that's such a great point. I went to West yeah. Point because my guidance counselor saw my application, or she saw, I got something in a letter. I got a letter in the mail for the recruiting. I went and took it to her. She said, don't even apply. You have no chance to get in there. I was 41 out of 141. Uh, so that's basically how I ended up at West Point. I, I you know, played, played Division One basketball, played in the Patriot League. Uh, I went to sales, had no medical experience, no sales experience. Got to the top, you know, I was, I was at the top of my rankings and, and all of the military. Let me tell you this, though, and this is probably the best piece of advice I can get for any young person listening. That mentality, um, while it's effective, look at Michael Jordan, I don't know if it's healthy, right? Because I think a much stronger way to go through your life is to do stuff for people who love you. You know, like um, I was... I was blessed to have a father still being 78 years old, coach with me, still coaches with me. And, and every day he says two things to me. Every day he says, I love you. And every day he says, I, I believe in you. And, you know, I think if you, I mean, obviously, you know, in a competitive arena, it's important to carry that chip on your shoulder, but I think it's much more powerful to do stuff for the people who love you. Now I do stuff for my kids and I do stuff for my wife and I do things for all the right reasons. And, and I mean, I, I'm here so obviously it worked out, but I mean, that's, I can tell you that's, that's not a healthy way to live. I'm telling you, you can run, you can burn yourself out. Man, what if, what if we could do that every day just to the people that we love, to our kids, our family and say, I love you and I believe in you. How we much have, we have to right now in this time of COVID where relationships are miles and miles, you know, wide, you know, I mean, even through the social media and stuff, you and I have been able to connect, which I, which I absolutely love. Um, but I, I look back to the reason we're here right now is I think we developed a, I mean, a very real relationship that was very deep, um, even the, in a little amount of time that we were together. And I think that's a big, that's a big problem right now in our society. These, these relationships are miles and miles wide, David, and they're, they're an inch deep. And now, I mean, we're at a very, very risky time in our society from a leadership standpoint. You can lead by email. You don't have to look people in the eye. You don't, you don't, you don't have to be face to face with people. And, you know, I mean, it's, man, it, it's dangerous, it, you know, and, and kids are isolated. I, I had one of my West Point buddies had his 12 year old son commit suicide. His 12 year old son took his own life. And that's a whole nother incredible story. He'd be a great guy for you to have on here, actually, because he's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, but it's, you know, so it's not just, this is, isn't just pertaining to the military, the PTSD. This is the society we live in, right? The, there's a lot of ways to get depressed and to get down and there's just so much negativity. And like you said, as soon as you mess up, people are going to highlight it on social media and they're going to whisper what you're doing well. Right. I mean, that's just, that's the society we live in. And if you're not mentally tough enough to take that, which a lot of us aren't, I know I wasn't, um, that, that can affect you and it, and it can ultimately, it can ultimately defeat you. Absolutely. Man, a hundred percent. Cause I, I could talk to you for days and that's why like, that's why we have developed such a great relationship. And you're one of the best coaches that I've had at any level of playing. And I think we were together for like two, two and a half months before I transferred out of there. But that man, it? You, you, yeah. 
Yeah, you've had that that type of impact on me in being just a mentor to me throughout throughout my years, throughout the past fifteen years, and and I could talk to you for days, man. But I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire. That means more than anyone to me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh man, yeah. Thanks, man. Thank right back to you, man. I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat where whatever comes to your mind, it can be long, it can be short. Just spit it out. Rapid fire as we wind down here. First one, what is your favorite or favorite, tough to always choose one, mindset quote? Maybe something you live by, have on your fridge, in your car. What is one that really stands out to you? Uh, one that stands out to me is one that a, a mentor of mine told me, General Bob Brown, he played for Coach K at West Point. He said, uh, he said soldiers don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And I've always taken that with me in coaching. I think that works in any, any aspect of leadership. If people don't, if they, if they think you don't care about them, Nothing you say to them is going to matter. And then the other one is the hashtag I always use, David, is, is winners win. You know, like you can, the, the subjective you can't control, but if the scoreboard, you know, always has me, you know, at the top of the rankings, which is why I love sales or, uh, you know, if, um, I don't know, if, if I'm fighting in a war, like winning's important. Like, you know, if we didn't, if our army didn't do what we did, we'd all be speaking German or Japanese. So winning's important. And I think our society has kind of gone away from that. But most importantly, when I'm talking about winners win, you know, don't quit. Don't give up. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only way you can truly fail in life. I mean, you just mentioned it. You went to a school, didn't work out, and you transferred. Like, here you are, man. You're doing, doing pretty well for yourself. I mean, the only way to truly, uh, you know, the only way you're not sitting right now is if you said, man, I'm done with it. I'm not playing ball anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, look at what this game is basketball has done in your life. I mean, you're, you're, the, you're the case study for what it can do. Right, and, and I, mean, I hate to I hate to say this to your viewers, but you weren't that good. I mean, I, I, mean, just, <laughs> I know I like to pump myself up that I was much better than I actually was. I really wasn't, but don't tell anybody that. Quaz, <laughs> I love how you've said it multiple times through this podcast that the only way you can fail is if you give up. But yet, so many people will just give up because they think it's too hard. Cool. Failure is not failure. A no is not no. A no just means next. Go on to the next. I love Like, there's that. no way your wife said yes the first time. You had to ask at least three or four times for Taylor to say yes. Oh, yeah, abso- absolutely. No, yeah, I, I had to fool her into going on a date even at the start. So trust me on that. Don't give up and never settle. That's another. We could talk a lot about that, too, just never settling for anything in life. All right. Next one. What does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily the world's definition and the big what's on a billboard, but what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Uh, well, I think this technology, everything, it's all it's ever going to be evolving. But you know what's never going to change is leadership. It's always going to make a difference. It's always going to make a difference. And when I think about a legacy, leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. You know, David, I mean, I know it was not what you just said was nothing to you. How you said I was one of the best coaches you've had in a couple months. That means everything to me, brother. And that means that means everything to me. Uh, leaders create more, you know, leaders create more leaders. So to see what you're doing now, um, I mean, it's it's just incredible. It's a it's a general shorts golf called that a force multiplier, force combat multiplier. And man, oh, man, I think of so many people has such an impact on me. I mean, I. I was spoiled. I, I literally worked for some of the best leaders in the world. And uh, I, I've always just tried to be somebody that somebody wants to venerate and emulate. And my time there with you was, was I was right out of the army and it was neat because we weren't that far in age. I think I was 28 when I got, when I got out of the army as a captain 
And that was just a you know very neat time. I mean, that was about as non-sexy. I was a volunteer assistant. You know, I mean, I was like lower <laughs> than a manager. You remember that? I, yeah. I look back at even those relationships. Uh, they were they were awesome, man. Um, and the fact that you know we're still in touch. I mean, I still talk to Mark Huffy all the time, and, and I know Dia Yuba's passed, and uh, you know Akeem Hemingway coached with me for a year. Uh, so you know that's what it's all about, man. It's all about relationships. You can't take this other stuff with you. You can't take the money with you. You can't even take the wins with you. But man, we can we can take the relationships with us for the rest of our lives, and, and that's for me, that's a legacy. So good, man. Yep, the genuine relationships. That's beautifully, beautifully said. All right, so this next one is a little fun one here. What would be three people in history that if you could learn from and be mentored from, who would those people be? Well, that is a great question. Uh, you know, for for me, like I said, I've been just almost spoiled that I've worked for some of the greatest uh, leaders. Um, I'll kind of go in opposite order. So, so General Marty Dempsey, um, who now is in charge of USA Basketball, he just wrote his second book. Uh, his first one was called Radical Inclusion. His second one was No Time for Spectators. Uh, I think he, he consults with the NBA. Um, just was the chairman for the Joint Chief of Staff for President Obama. Just an incredible human being. Um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, and he's a retired four-star general, but his son's one of my best friends. And a lot of the guys I served with are kind of like the same guys I look up to. Uh, the second one would be General Bob Brown. Uh, he's got three daughters. I always tell him I'm the only son I'll ever have. Just somebody who's just always been there for me. Um, he just retired uh, out of uh, in Washington, D.C. as a retired four-star. And then the final and most important one by far is my father. Uh, my father, a high school basketball coach. Uh, like I said, he believed in me when probably nobody else did. He's the only reason I, you know, I got through West Point. He's, he's the only reason. Uh, he's, everything I've ever learned about being a man has been from my dad. So by, that's easy. Number one's my, my father. That's really good, man. Love the descriptions on those. That's awesome. Quas, how can we follow everything that you're doing, everything that you're going to be doing, the speaking? And, and I'm, I'm going to encourage you on a daily or weekly basis that you need to write a book. Like you absolutely need to write a book. And I just want you to look at it as like, hey, it's just something I'm going to do. Maybe I'll give 30 minutes to a day or 20 minutes to a day. But you have to put this out there, man. Think of it as, as, as what you told me. Our story is so powerful. Think how many people's lives you can change through having a book out there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be I'm gonna be pestering you like crazy to write a book. So that is what's coming from you down the line. But how can we all follow you, what you're doing? I'm, I'm very active on social media, David. So it's at Babe Quaz, at Bravo, Alpha, yep. Bravo, Echo, Kilo, Whiskey, Alpha, Sierra. You like that, that military stuff right there? So I'm at Babe Quaz on Twitter and Instagram. We're, um, my main job for the Army is to get people, like I told you, to get people like yourself to say, you know what, man, this is something I, I should probably think about. Uh, there's no job like it. Uh, especially if someone, you know, you get through school and, and you, you can use it to pay for school or you can or you can be like yourself, get through school and then decide, OK, I, I want to lead soldiers. Being in the Army is the closest thing you will ever come to being on a team. It, take the, the best locker room you've ever been in. And that's what being in the Army was for me. And General Bob Brown was the first one who told me that. So when I was deciding what branch I was going in, in the Army, he's like, you got to go in the infantry because this is the most like a locker room you'll ever be in. And so, uh, you know, if, if, and I mean this, David, I mean, if they if they find me on social media, uh, I, and you know I absolutely mean this, if they're if they're struggling yeah. at all, if they have even an iota of thoughts and they want someone you know 
they need to talk to, they can get in touch with me, uh, you know, or, or, or get in touch with you. Um, you know, for those people, I have no problem getting, getting out my email. It's babequaz at yahoo.com, you know, to, to make it a little more personal. But, um, you know, hope's up, hope's up there. And, and hope is out there. And it's darkest before the dawn. And all you got to do, you know, like, I mean, I know it's cliche, but put one foot in front of the other. Uh, you'll, you'll make it through it. This, this too shall pass. And in many ways, I know this is my blessing. I don't see it as a curse. If this didn't happen to me uh, um, or if this didn't happen through me, I wouldn't be able to help the people that I'm helping now. And like you said, I think it makes my story pretty unique. Um, it, it's genuine. It's vulnerable. And, uh, you know, it's um, and love saved me. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of hate going on in the world right now. There's, there's a ton of it. And, you know, that's a whole other segment we can do. Right. Is I, I mean, I think uh, while I think, you know, if it was myself or you under that cop's you know, under that cop's knee, um, I think we'd still be here. But at its core, I don't know if it's a race problem more than so it's a leadership problem, right? And at West Point, we lived under a code. A cadet will not lie, steal, or cheat, nor tolerate those who do. And the part I think a lot of my friends have issues with is everyone has issues with the fact that this, you know, George Floyd was killed. But I think that all my buddies we had issues with is somebody stood there and they watched him be killed. And that's not okay. That's not okay. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And it was something you know we learned at West Point. And that honor code was tough because if you cheated on a test and I didn't turn you in, I could be kicked out. And a lot of folks thought, oh, that's a test on loyalty. And obviously, and actually it created more loyalty because what I learned is, is you became my buddy, David. So you would you would never put me in that situation. You'd be like, you know, Quas, I'm never gonna put you in that situation. And you knew I had your back that I would never put you in that. And I think where we've gone with certain um, you know, certain groups is they've learned to cover their own six as opposed to doing the right thing. And that's something I learned so much from General Dempsey and General Brown. It's more important. It's not, it's not important who's right. It's more important to get it right. And that's the number one less leadership lesson I think I learned at West Point is to do the right thing, especially when no one's watching. And that's something I think all, all, your, all your listeners can hopefully learn from. Because I've, I've done the wrong thing before. Believe me, I have. When I tried to kill myself, I, I definitely Man, Quaz, and, and you saying that anybody can reach out to you, like a lot of people will say that. You actually mean it. There's a very few people that actually mean it. So anybody listening to this podcast who is struggling with any type of anxiety, any type of, of thoughts of, of taking their own life, absolutely reach out. Well, you have celebrities on here, right? So, I mean, I'm, a, I'm like not even a B-list. Uh, but no, man. Quaz, you're an A-list yeah. to the max. I'm I'm already thinking about the next podcast we can do together because I would love to have you back on. This has been some of the most powerful stuff that I've ever had on. I, podcast, I would love to be podcast. back on, and and, and I, I, at sure. some point I need to actually have a conversation with your wife talking about getting in someone's head and, and actually ask what they were going through. I mean, I, I still see those yeah. pictures, and I, I just want to know what she was thinking when she decided that it was okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you, man. I, I love you so much. I, you know, Thank everything you, happens for a reason. What you're, you're you talk about what I'm doing, man. What you're doing, it's awesome. I mean, it really is. I listen. I, I mean, I didn't just listen to this to get on this. I, I've listened to you for years and years. I'll never get the first time. I didn't know it was you, dude. Like I didn't know it was you. I don't know why. That's crazy. I just, I, you know, I love love getting anything I can on leadership. And I remember I heard your voice. I'm like, I know that guy. And I came home and told my wife. I told Doc. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was David Nurse. You remember that? And she's like, yeah, the cute kid that played for us. So, yeah, or the <laughs> So you've always had an impact on us, man. 
these relationships, you know, they're forever and they happen for a reason. And hopefully, you know, if, if somebody got one thing out of this, then it makes it worth it. Right. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, dude. Absolutely. And, I, and you've hit this, you've hit it in so many different ways, but the last question that I always leave with everybody is what does being a one percenter mean to you? It's being the best version of yourself. You know, Boom. that's all you can be. You can just be the best version of yourself. And we're coming up with 4th of July here. Right. Um, yep. In this country, I got my old glory, you know, prod, prodful here. This country's going through a rough time, but you know what? It doesn't take any talent to be a good person. It doesn't take any talent to be a better American. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I don't know. We got a mutual friend in Alan Stein and we don't agree on much, but we definitely both agree on, you know, bad Americans leave their grocery carts out. Right. So be uh, <laughs> the best version of yourself. You know, do something for someone else. I, I think my best healing came, David, when I decided to help other people. Oh, my best, my cure was me helping other people. Like when I decided I'm going to face this head on and I'm going to tell folks, you know, what happened. Uh, I mean, it's just been very powerful. And there's been people that, that knew me, uh, you know, that I've, that I've talked to since uh, I just got the phone with one of my friends from clutch sports, Marquise Watts. He was the one that got me to Steph Curry camp. And I, I told him about this. He's like, cause I had no idea. And again, I think back to everything. If I don't go to that camp, I don't meet coach Collins. Maybe I'm not here. Right. So understand that conversations matter. Right. And, and one thing you say to someone uh, could make a difference in their life. It can make them pivot. In my case, or it can save their life. So one conversation can save their life. And in a digital age, where we have every single way to reach out to each other. It's gross negligence. Not to David. Like, it, like both ways. Right. It's reciprocity. It's gross negligence that we haven't talked about. Right. With all that, with all these, with yeah. all these venues that we have to stay in touch. And now, and now I know we we will, right? But but let's let's do a better job of that. You know, love each other yep. because yep. that's the only way any of this crap is going to get driven out. It's not going it's not going to get cured by hate. No doubt, man. No doubt. Iron sharpens iron, and it's just an absolute blessing to have you on this podcast. To have you drop this knowledge and this just passion, and so so valuable and needed. Your vulnerability your realness, your, your genuineness. And Quaz, we need, we need more of you and I will continue to spread your message, spread your word. And we'll have you back on the podcast for sure. And, and for everybody, I just want to leave you with one thing that Quaz said. And if you can just do this every day, write it down say, I love you. And I believe in you tell that to people that mean the most to you. And this world will slowly change one step, 1% step at a time. Quaz, thank you so much for being on this podcast, brother. It's an absolute yeah. blessing. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the 1% Podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% Podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. And if you could, I will shout you out. Personally, thank you. Leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it. One star, of course, if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. 
Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement to someone. You can and you will make a difference.